0: are on this journey humankind to be loved to be accepted and to find the place that we belong and operate and contribute back to the world right what we have to offer we all want love we all want acceptance and we all want purpose
1: welcome to navigation and discovery with cameron singh on today's podcast we are talking to ashley watts ashley watts recently released her new book not another fairy tale, finding freedom outside the script. So, to tell you a little bit about who Ashley is Ashley Watts loves being mom to her four children Parker, Cruz, Breck, and Carly. She's an elementary school teacher turned writer and speaker. In conjunction with her book series, Ashley is heavily involved in Peace Runs Deep, a space for herself and others to be encouraged in faith and identity. She felt called to create a place to bring authenticity and truth to the reality of our lives and to focus on being and less on doing. Ashley enjoys being active and when she's not writing, she can be found on the lake at the gym, sipping coffee, and running around with her kids and a new pup, River. You are really going to enjoy this awesome conversation that I had with Ashley on the story behind Not Another Fairy Tale. Finding Freedom Outside the Script. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast interview with Ashley Watts.
2: Well, Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time um, and to to talk about your newest book.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very appreciative to be able to share about it.
2: Yeah, so uh, again, for those that don't know, Ashley recently released her book, Not Another Fairy Tale. Uh, Finding Freedom Outside the Script. So Ashley, um, tell us a little bit about what this book is all about and uh, really your heart for this book.
0: Yeah, so this book really came out of a healing journey that I walked through. I was raised in the American culture with a tale idealism, thinking that my life would be a certain way work out well, if I did all the right things, made all the right choices. And in my 30s, which I still am in, but at 30, my life kind of shattered where my marriage fell apart. And I had four young kids and I didn't know what was going on and it all shattered. And so at that point, even though what had happened in my life was very costly and painful, I felt like God highlighted what was already inside of me that he actually wanted to heal. And he actually wanted to give me freedom and set me free Um, I was living in codependency and patterns that I thought were normal that weren't. And through, um, yeah, through the destruction of my marriage, it felt like everything had crumbled and then God had taken me and met me in that low place and got me to the place where I wouldn't rely on anything or anyone else and then slowly rebuilt Who I was, rebuilt my view of him and my faith, and then rebuilt my identity and kind of taught me um, a new way of living, which was delightful. Because if you know anything about codependency, it's really trapped in pleasing and working and earning to get your value, and that's exhausting. And I had hit thirty with four kids, and I was exhausted. So um, that's the first part about my book: is identity. Where do you put your faith and trust? How do you live? Um, a life kind of of freedom walking through forgiveness and how that really sets you free. And then the second half of the book is actually more about my experiences. So how do you hear the voice of God? How are there times and places and how do you have a relationship with an invisible God? And then how do you live? If you're not living in a codependent way, what are the new modes of operation to live in? So it was really my healing journey. It wasn't ever intended to be a book. I am an educator, a first grade teacher. And so for me, it was just a way to document what I was learning. And so every time I hit this little cycle where I'd fall again, I would go pick back up what I was reading or writing and learning and read through it so I could move on more quickly. And then I felt like it became a book. And I kind of felt like the essence of God saying like, this could help other people. And so that's just kind of the idea of when life shatters, it's not the end. There's still hope. God is good and he can use all that to work good in your life and yeah there's there's more to the story and there's freedom outside of what we're told life should look like
2: yeah I've really been enjoying uh the book and um, I'm very interested in talking about what you mentioned is uh identity and you talked something about rebuilding your identity so how did you how did you go about um uh in rebuilding your identity and why was that so important throughout your journey
0: Yeah. The first part I think was identifying where was I placing my identity when kind of life shattered. And I found I was placing it in roles, positions that I had, whether it was wife or teacher or mom. And my identity was really tied to my performance. If everybody was happy with me, then I was safe and good. And if they weren't, then I had to work to try to shift it and fix it, which Um, which seems like, oh, you're working and serving and helping others, but really it was an element of control. It's just kind of a backwards element. And so when people weren't happy with me and things shattered and I couldn't fix it, I felt like that was the place where I needed to identify that my identity was in the wrong places. I grew up in a faith-filled home and I learned that my identity is supposed to be in God and who he calls me. And He calls me loved and chosen and his own and his child and enough as I am. And it was interesting because I knew those things in my head. I just didn't practically live them out. And so that process was really taking the vulnerability to be honest with myself and be honest with God. And I had counselors walk me through this too, of figuring out where it was and then how do we shift it? And I really came to a point where I had to decide who gets to name me. And what and who gets to hold that value for me and there was no other foundation everything changes except for God is what I found and when he calls me and who he calls me and all of us as children of God came out of the Bible and so it came like okay I studied I pulled out that information I looked at it, and a lot of it's in the book too and it's like okay who does God say that I am, and how do I move it from my head to my heart so I actually lived that out and it was a process. And God was with me through the whole thing, and as I journeyed and walked on, it also moved to identities in yes, I'm a child of God, and He gives me my value, no one else, but He also created me individually, uniquely from other people, and so figuring out that self discovery of how did He craft me? What am I good at? what are my areas of strengths, weaknesses was also a really um, interesting place that I've never tried to look through and discover and get to know myself, basically. So those were like the initial steps that I took.
2: Yeah, and I I think identity is a very interesting topic to talk about. And I think this is um, more so, I would say, younger people really struggle with, because even for myself, I found um, identity early on when I started in, in the marketplace, that's why I currently am in, um, I found myself, um, all my identity was in what I did. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily, um, that wasn't, it wasn't necessarily who I, I was, but everything that I did was defined by what I was working. So what advice would you provide for those that are listening here, um, in terms of, finding their identity and that journey of self-discovery, as you mentioned?
0: Yeah, I think my advice would be to think about who you are and being more than doing, because what I found is like, as I know who I am and operate and how God made me, out of that flows the things and areas of my life where I am a teacher or I am a mom. And instead of taking your jobs, your careers, your statuses, your roles and relationships and trying to get your value through them, understanding who am I and I have value and then operating your identity out of that solid foundation. So I'd say it's a lot of self-discovery. That's what I would encourage you to go to those uh, places, whether that's counseling or journaling yourself or books. And be willing to ask yourself the tricky questions and the hard questions, because that's where growth happens, is in that kind of tension that we all try to avoid, if I'm being honest, right?
2: Yeah, that's so true. And I think definitely for, for the both of us, I a part of our identity is spirituality and our, and our faith in God. Um, but I know for those listening, that might not be the same for them. Um but I often find people trying to seek spirituality, um, they're trying to figure out, you know, that they need more, like even mm-hmm. in my book, um, people didn't know I was a person of faith. A lot of people didn't know. Um, but what would you say, uh, how has faith helped you in, in your, your journey and what impact has that made for you so far?
0: Yeah, I would say a lot of my life, I had a faith that was outside of the life that I lived. And so in a sense, I had beliefs and things I was raised in, and I had to decide, do I agree with them? Do I not? How does that play into actual pieces of life? And I think all of us are on this journey, humankind to be loved, to be accepted, and to find the place that we belong and operate and contribute back to the world, right? What we have to offer. We all want love. We all want acceptance and we all want purpose. And I think that that's a huge connector when you talk about spirituality and finding faith, because a lot of those things are identities outside of faith or outside of knowing there's a higher being and that we were created for a purpose, they're all often faulty and shaky in the world systems and everything we're trying to accomplish. And so I think my faith gave me a grounding and a rooting, knowing that I am love, I am accepted, and I do have a purpose over my life that you know withstands the trials and the traumas and the experiences we all go through. We go through highs and amazing times in our life, and we also go through struggles and that in-between zone where we're in between things, and we're not sure. And I think for me, my faith has rooted me that no matter what I'm going through, I still have that grounding of acceptance and love and and purpose over my life through it all. So I think that's a huge thing that, that faith has given me.
2: Well, that's um, awesome. Uh, one of the things that you also mentioned is uh, courage. And I'm sure courage definitely played a role uh, within your journey. And I think oftentimes, even so, myself, sometimes I can't find the courage mm-hmm. to go through whatever comes my way, whether it's trials, tribulations, um, you have different challenges that come unexpected. Uh, so, how do you d- develop that courage uh, throughout your 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 story?
0: Yeah, I think the first part is is like people that are courageous often don't feel courageous. I think it's a Miss misnomer that there that we have a certain feeling or we are feeling strong. I think sometimes having courage is standing in the face of something that scares you and doing it anyways, even if you're shaking, even if you need to grab a friend to walk you through it, or even if you're like for me, my faith, I'm at the end of it. God, I can't do this. You have to help me through. And I think that courage comes also as you reflect and look back over your life and the moments you have come through or how family has brought you through or your faith has brought you through and God has shown up. um, And you see, like, I made it through. I didn't think I was, I didn't think I'd get there, but now here we are, you know, three, five, 10 years later, and you can see that. And I think that builds courage for the next thing you encounter knowing that I can do hard things. I can walk through hard things. I have um, a good support system. Or if you don't have a good support system, I think there's a place to to notice that and go seek that whether it's friends, family, your faith and whatnot. I think often courage um, is hindsight, you can see it hindsight. And in the middle of it, you're like shaking, shaking and walking through it. So I think that's um, a huge portion is to remember that all the people that are doing it and that look courageous have the same human emotions that you're probably experiencing as well, so.
2: Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing you mentioned was having a good support system. I like to talk about that a little bit is um, because I think there are times uh, where people try to do it all on their own. They think, I'm going to get through this on my own. I don't need anyone. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to get through this. Um, How did... Well, one, what type of support system do you have?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Or did you have? And then why is it so important to have that good support system?
0: Yeah, I, to be honest, I I have a very amazing family that is local and close to me. So when life kind of shattered, they kind of helped me with the practical needs. They helped me with my kids. I had twin babies at the time. And you know, they showed up. But in my other parts of my life, I actually wasn't very vulnerable and open with friends. So I didn't have a lot of close friendships that were near me. I had a good group of friends um, that I've had for quite a few years from high school, but I wasn't fully honest with them with the struggles that I had with what was going on. And so I found myself in isolation. And so one of the things that I did was I sought out a counselor. So I have seen a counselor for weekly for the last five years and it has been amazing to have that person just to be fully open with to tell them what's going on and help you navigate. I also started working out at a gym and I joined a kickboxing class and found three of my best friends now that I've been with them through the last four years through that kickboxing class and it took vulnerability on my part to say hey this is actually what I'm going through And I thought that that vulnerability, I was going to get judgment. I was going to get people, you know, not wanting to even enter it. But I found quite the opposite where people could identify with me. They were like, oh, my gosh, how can we support you? And that's what really built good friendships. And so I would just say, make sure you don't do it alone, because in isolation, you often find depression. You often feel like I'm the only one or no one understands. And that's quite the opposite, because. After I became vulnerable and open with those safe people that I had found, um yeah, it was awesome. I had the love and compassion to get healing that I was missing, so I think a support system is huge because you're not the only one, and people are there to support you, and we're meant to do life in community so
2: yeah, that's very true and it, you mentioned that you've been getting professional help as well for for the last mm-hmm. five years, and I think that's definitely um very important to, to have, um, yeah, I've listened to several pastors and sermons where they go and get professional help, even though there's nothing wrong. Um, so through your experience, why is it so important to go out and seek that professional help? Because I, I think some people might think it's oh so embarrassing or they might think, uh, or a bit timid to go seek professional help. Why, why is that so essential to have in, within a rhythm?
0: Yeah, I think there's a stigma with mental health that there's something wrong with me if I need help. And all of us are healing and on a journey, whether it's small, you know, situations we've been through in life or just um, our family of origin, sometimes there's some trauma or unhealthy patterns that come through that. I think it was so important for me to get mental health because I was living in patterns and operating in relationship in an unhealthy way. And I had zero idea. I didn't know that I had codependency um tendencies and I didn't know like well how do you get out like how do you change that I didn't know that was unhealthy and so it's like you don't know what you don't know and it's not to say go seek a professional so you can figure out what's wrong with you it's just can I be a more healed healthy fully alive person and I think sometimes we don't know what's going on in life and honestly life's going pretty well right now and I still see someone Uh, weekly. And she's just so helpful to help navigate to talk through things. And I think that process of moving through and verbalizing it. And honestly, when you have somebody who's not a friend or a family member, you can be more honest with them, because you know, you're paying them, they're not going to bring judgment, and it doesn't hurt a relationship. And there's just so much healing and understanding that they have over, you know, the mind, the body and spirit and how they operate together. That, um, yeah, I honestly feel like everybody should see a therapist. It's so helpful. So helpful.
2: Well, that's awesome. Actually, um, I wanted to ask you, um, how did you come up with the uh, title of your book, Not Another Fairy Tale, Finding Freedom Outside the Spirit?
0: Um, the Not Another Fairy Tale portion came out right away. I will tell you, I love Hallmark movies, rom-coms. I loved all of that, grew up with Disney, all the princesses. So really, for me, life was built around that image, even though a lot of us already knew that that was a false image. And so when I came time to write a book, it felt like that, not another fairy tale in the sense of it's actually not a fairy tale. It's something that can really happen in your life to find freedom and hope and love. But also that that true love really does exist, and that freedom really does exist. Um, so it kind of came out of that uh, growing up in this American culture with fairy tale idealism, and then finding freedom outside the script. Um, yeah, just kind of played into that movie role, you know, of that there is really freedom, and you don't have to live in the confines of what society tells you, and that everybody's unique, and that you know there's freedom in being who you were created to be.
2: Oh, well, that's awesome! Yeah, really enjoying um, going through your book. And one of the things that also I know played a role through your journey, and you're probably still going through that now, is forgiveness. And um, forgiveness—it's difficult to do, but when you do it, it's just um, you get that sense of, I guess, inner peace. I think the mm-hmm. so talk about. Yeah. Self- About your experience with forgiveness?
0: Yeah, I honestly struggled with it for a long time. Uh, I didn't like the concept of forgiveness. Obviously, when someone forgives me, I like that concept, but when I have to extend it, it's a little bit more challenging. And I think that I had a lot of misconceptions about forgiveness and what it was and what it wasn't. And I've kind of felt like if I forgave, I was saying it was okay. And I wasn't willing to say that this situation was okay. And so, as I struggled through that and read books on it and discussed it, um, I kind of saw that holding unforgiveness really made me bitter. And it made me bitter towards all the other people in my life that I did have healthy relationships with even. And so I was more willing to look at it when I saw what it was causing in my life. And when I really could identify what was it saying and what wasn't it saying. Um, and forgiveness really is for, it was for me, it wasn't for the person or people involved in the situation. Although I can extend that and say that what it really likens to is like a rusty old chain attached to your leg. And as you keep walking and forward in life, after a situation happens, if you walk in unforgiveness, you keep bringing all the pain and the memories and all that's attached to it into the noose parts. And when somebody told me that, unforgiveness kept me chained to the hurtful trauma or the past in my life. I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. I'm willing to walk through that forgiveness to unhook the chain. Cause I don't want to keep, keep myself attached to that trauma or keep bringing it into the next season. And so it was like a, it was like a one and done and a process. I had to make the choice to forgive, but then you have to make that choice daily. And then as you do that, For me anyways, I felt like as I'd have triggers or memories pop up, I would say, okay, I forgive again. And for me, because I'm a person of faith, I would say, okay, God, I'm giving you this. Now I'm going to renew my mind. And I would then hold on to something else. And I would say a a phrase or an affirmation or be like, I'm loved. I'm going to put that bear at your feet, God. I'm loved. And this is who I am. I forgive them and release it. And over time, the trigger stopped the trauma memory stopped. And it was just so interesting to see how I truly was feeling that freedom, but it, it was a choice and a
2: process, so. Mm, well, thank you so much for your vulnerability in this book. I, I really hope this, your your story really impacts um, others that truly need to hear this message. Thank you. Um, so speaking of that, how um, people connect with you and also um, get a copy of Not Another Bear?
0: yeah, so I my website is peacerunsdeep.com, and then I have Instagram and Facebook also, and it's just at Peacerunsdeep. And so you can find a copy there. I have a guided journal that goes with it as well that talks through a lot of the questions and helps you process um, through each chapter what I processed in my healing journey. So those are found there. And then I also have monthly blogs and weekly emails that I push out with similar content on encouragement and healing and walking forward in life. So those are a few of the ways, yeah, that you can find me.
2: Well, that's awesome. And if you missed that, um, I'll leave the link in the podcast description so you can uh, connect with uh, Ashley there and uh, definitely connect with her on her, get her on on sign up for her email list because I love getting those midday emails and um, it's always a joy to to read those. Thank you. Uh, speaking of Peace Runs Deep, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing with uh, Peace Runs Deep.
0: Yeah, Peace Runs Deep. I really just wanted to create a space where we could be honest about what's going on in life and walk forward with truth and joy and hope and just bringing truth to the reality of the lives that we're living. And so basically, at this point, it is like an online hub, or just through social media with encouragement with blogs, it's going to be expanding, I have a few more content contributors coming in to do some weekly blog posts and videos. And then um, we're going to actually start bringing some music into it. It's kind of developing more into a nonprofit that I'm starting. Um, and going to kind of run through that. I'm going to have some online uh, book studies too, which will be fun. So that's all to come and it's all in the works. So,
2: Well, that's awesome. And uh, you're also writing a book, a second book as well, right?
0: I am. I'm writing a second book on hearing the voice of God. So kind of when the monologue stops is the idea when prayer co- becomes a way of actually wanting to hear, you know, what God has to say and what he has for your life. So a lot of my life, I've had prayer where I will sit and I will pray to God. And it feels like it's hitting the ceiling of my house and going nowhere. And so I've been on a journey on how to have a relationship, how to hear the voice of God, does God actually speak? And if he speaks, how does he speak? And how do you know that it's him? So that's kind of what's going on in the next book, uh, which I'm excited about. So yeah, that's, that'll be really fun.
2: Well, that's awesome, Ashley. It's been a really awesome time just getting to to understand your story and um, really help get your message out there. And I really hope um, for those listening that you get a copy of this book. Uh, there's so much content in um, the book that Ashley wrote and uh, it definitely helped me as well, you know, open my eyes to a few things that that I need to do in, in, in my journey of uh, self-discovery. And um, so I hope you get your, your copy of the book. What was their website again?
0: It's peacerunsdeep.com.
2: Yeah, so get your copy at peacerunsdeep.com and help support Ashley uh, with her message. And uh, Ashley, thank you again for for your time.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you. And uh, again, peacerunsdeep.com. Get your copy there. Connect with Ashley. Um, Subscribe to her email list. You'll enjoy receiving all her content uh, in your email. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, to the podcast today.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast interview with Ashley Watts. And if you are interested in getting a copy of her book, not another fairy tale, you can check out the link in the podcast description on the platform that you're listening on. And you'll see the link there to go ahead and purchase her book and also find more about peace runs deep. And also you can connect with me on social media by checking my website, Cameron sing that's with an H at the end, CameronSing.com. and you can find the link in the podcast description as well. You can connect with me there, find out about my new book as well, Navigation and Discovery. You can purchase the book on that website as well. Connect with me on social media. Feel free to send me an email, singcameron at gmail.com and also subscribe so that you can receive a notification on whichever platform you're listening on when the next episode goes live. Thank you so much for tuning in and feel free to catch some of the previous episodes with the awesome guests that I've had on this year in the last 25 episodes of this podcast and uh, appreciate all your support and uh, we will catch you on the next episode.